Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Alrighty, so in the uh, at the end of the last hour, I mentioned uh, I mentioned the police chief, his wife uh, up in Asheville. The police chief of Asheville is he's got a wife, and the wife got a DUI. And uh, talking about how it's a you know beer culture and a, a, a culture of inebriation and such. Uh, and uh, and I mentioned also they really don't love the tourists so much. And I know that might shock some people, but it's true. Um, there are you know, a lot of people in. Western North Carolina in general, but particularly among the uh, the temporary anarchist LARPers, you know, the protest crowd, the uh, the uh, Antifa, the uh, the Marxists, the social justice warriors, the critical thinkers, right? All of these people, uh, they really, really, really don't like tourists so much. Um, they would prefer to uh, rule the roost in the downtown area. And uh, be able to live their, you know, lifestyle that they choose and to live in the grittiness of the city, you know. Um, And so when tourists come along and the tourists are walking around in downtown uh, wearing their khakis and, uh, you know, their their polo shirts and such, uh, they uh, they it's a it's a visual reminder uh, that you can do something more with your life and have this kind of disposable income uh, to come to another town and visit and spend a bunch of money and walk around and act like a tourist. Like you get to do that sort of thing. So, uh, they, and so they don't like that, but they like your money. They would very much like to keep your money, which is why, by the way, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but if I must, I must let me, uh, this was the whole impetus behind the cartapult. This was the cartapult idea that we had developed. I thought pretty, uh, we had honed the, the, the sketches down the blueprints pretty well. I thought, but, um, rather than um, accept all the tourists in in order to get the money, I suggested we build as part of like the uh, the I twenty six corridor improvements. I I suggested that we uh, create uh, essentially a like a trebuchet system, a catapult system, right? So you would drive by and they could scan the license plates, you know, like the easy passes, right? They scan the plate and they find out, oh, this person doesn't live in town. And so then they could maybe even do a cross-reference or something with a local hotel, find out if you've got, you know, a booking at one of the local hotels. And then you drive over the the plate and bam, uh, it does the the read of the license plate. It cross-references with the hotel. Uh, but, you know, even if you don't do that, you just look for an out-of-town plate. And that, that could be enough, too. And then whoosh, it just flings the vehicle up and over the city. So you never can actually get into the city. And as the car is flipping, and I don't know how many flips it would require, but I'm sure science, we can work it out. Um, your money then falls out of the vehicle. Maybe the third or fourth flip, right? All the money falls out. And then the Asheville temporary anarchist LARPers can just go and collect uh, without they collect it all up off the street rather than having to, like, serve you the, the coffee or the beer. Because that's where you will find them usually is serving you the coffee or the beers. 
And then, uh, you know, the car lands. I haven't worked out the landing. Okay, that is right. I forgot. So we haven't really worked out the landing part of it, but like we'll just we just send that back to design, you know. But the I think the concept is sound. All right. Uh, so we call it the cartipult. Oh, and I should explain also the temporary anarchist LARPers. This is what I call them because they are um, they are not true anarchists. They are temporary anarchists. And truth be told, they're actually socialists, communists, Marxists. Right? They are they are the uh, they are they are uh, authoritarians. They're they're tyrants. They're tyrannical. They want big government. They want government to to do everything for them and provide everything for them. And they perceive themselves to be the leaders of this revolutionary you know liberation movement. And then they will eventually be rewarded with positions that garner them some of the extra spoils that are always part of these types of leftist systems because they can never provide for all of their people. So you always have to have sort of the dual economy going, you know, where certain stores are for the upper echelon of the party members, you know, and you get the you, you get to get like wheat bread. Everybody else is just eating, you know, dirt. You could eat like some food, like because you're better than they are, you know. So they're never really anarchists, but they like the whole steampunk anarchist look, like they, they that whole vibe. So they, they like playing the role, and that's where the, the LARPer term comes in, the live-action role-player, right, LARP, live-action role-playing. So they're temporary anarchists because they just use the anarchy to overthrow the current uh, capitalist dog pig system, whatever they overthrow capitalism, and then they could put their uh, their Marxism in place. So they're just temporary anarchists, um, and that's why they just live action role play the, the, that role. And they love to protest. It's like they're well, I was going to say maybe their second favorite thing, but like the first favorite thing I believe would probably be like the drugs, maybe, um, and then. Or, or any kind of intoxicant. Then the second thing, yeah, it's, it's probably protesting. Yeah, probably. Probably protest. Or, no, no, playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah, I think that might be the second favorite thing. It's a close second, third. Maybe it's a tie. It's a tie, protesting and playing guitar. Ooh, sometimes you can do both at the same time, right? You protest, you play your protest songs. Anyway, if you ever want to, you go to Asheville, you, you go down to Pack Square, uh, which is like the right, uh, right there in the downtown area with the big monument, the Vance mo- Oh, no, sorry, they took that down. Sorry, they're, right, 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 they took that down because racism. Did you know that one of their ideas was to paint it? They were going to paint the monument because it's, it's an obelisk, it, it, or it was an obelisk. Uh, it, so it's got the four sides and it looks like the, you know, the Washington Monument. It's like the big, just, you know, pointy stick. Four sides, they were going to paint the four sides. And they were, I'm not kidding. There was an idea floated to paint each side a different color for diversity, obviously. So there's going to be a black side. There was going to be a white side. There was going to be a red side. Then there was going to be a yellow side. Which... Kind of feels racisty. I don't know. I mean, just a little bit. I don't think you can use those colors or words to describe people anymore. It's just not cool. It's kind of racisty. But anyway, so they scrapped that idea. They didn't do it. They just tore the whole monument down. They just like screw it. Just take it down. That's actually it's back in court now because there was a uh, what was it? There was a uh, 
Is it like a, a historical group that had paid for, raised some money to restore the thing like two years before they ripped it down because of St. George Floyd's death? So anyway, um, they love to protest, love it so much. And when they tore down the statue, I suggested, because you know me, like I'm a giver. I'm all about solutions. I come up with some really fantastic ideas. Have I told you about the Carter pull? Anyway, I came up with the idea to create in, to a new monument instead of the Vance monument. You just create a, a new monument, and it would just be a big dry erase board. Notice I said dry erase board. I did not call it a whiteboard, because why would it be a whiteboard, right? Hello, patriarchy. No, it would just be a dry erase board. And so this way, when you go down to stage your daily protests, and they are basically daily protests, definitely Saturdays and Sundays. They're definitely there to perform for the tourists. So... You go down there, and it's a very it's a very difficult thing to be a full time protester in Asheville because you go through so much poster board. You know, you got to write up so many different. Po- I mean, you can recycle some of them, you know, because there's always going to be marches against oil and stuff. But like, you can use the dry erase board, and this way you can just change whatever it is you're protesting. I mean, you could even like schedule it. You could do like, okay, this hour we're going to be protesting against whatever, and the next hour we just dry erase it, you know, and then you write something else on there. Man, do they love them some protesting. So they did a rally, sorry, a rally. They do rallies. They, it's a rally for Palestine. They did one, a pro-Palestine protest in downtown Asheville. And so Asheville, uh, the government workers were like, yeah, we're going home. So they all, which, if you know anything about Asheville's history, um, the Register of Deeds office, they were like, they probably were already out the door. Those guys, like, they take off during snowstorms, like, and everybody else is open, so whatever. So the pro-Palestine protest that apparently was scheduled for, uh, this was yesterday, I think, um, they shut down. Yeah, yeah. So they shut down everything at 2 o'clock yesterday because of the protest, which... <laughs> they attracted about a hundred people and they gathered at four and the rally ended at five. <laughs> and so like, I'm wondering at this point, were these family and friends of the government workers that held a quote protest or something to get all of the government offices shut down in Asheville? Is that what happened? Uh, I have a message here. Oh, I can't, I can't read the whole thing. Why did it, why does it cut this off? I don't understand. Pro-Palestine protest did not disrupt Asheville, did not disrupt downtown Asheville despite city-county closures. That was the headline at the the local paper in Asheville after their pro-Palestine protest. Did, they say it did not disrupt downtown Asheville despite city-county closures. Well, w- would that be disruption? Like, you literally forced the closure of county elections, planning, permits, register of deeds, family justice center, the tax office, health and human services, all county administrative offices, city hall, the city municipal building, public works, the parking services building, and a public restroom. <laughs> you shut down all of that 
or the government, local government, shut down all of that because of a pro-Palestine protest. Uh, Why exactly would all of the local government buildings have to close down for a pro-Palestine protest? Is there some belief that the businesses would not be or these offices would not be able to function otherwise? What, What are you saying? What exactly is going on? in Asheville, where they would have to close all of the government offices simply because a protest is occurring outside when, as I just explained, they protest all the time in Asheville. And everybody was like, oh, it's peaceful. It's a peaceful protest. Would it not be a peaceful protest? Why would we? What are you suggesting? Got a message from Gary. And Gary says the protesters uh, were probably the uh, local government employees. They needed off to go protest to support Hamas, maybe attack a pregnancy center if they have the time. That's uh, (laughs) possible, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they closed all the offices down at 2 o'clock, and then the the protest starts at at 4. Maybe they needed the employees. They had to get the city employees off the clock so they could go to the protest. Now that makes sense, actually, Gary. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, they also canceled the library board meeting, so they're not going to be able to order the next round of the kitty porn. Sorry, but uh, they'll, they're totally going to get on it. Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, <clears throat> you know who the rally was sponsored by? You know who the protest was sponsored by? Organized by, I should say, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, WNC, Western North Carolina, WNC. The Party for Socialism and Liberation. What have I been saying? Right? The intersectionality is the Marxism. This is the point. This is why when people are like, I don't understand why... uh, particularly like Muslim societies or Muslim uh, cultures that are really, really conservative on a whole lot of things, why they would be finding common cause with leftists. Ah, it's the intersectionality of socialism. The intersocialism, intersocial, no, okay, I, I'm going to work on that one. Um, it That's the uniting thing. It's like, okay, you have this, this, um, this marker, this identity marker. I have an identity marker. And the identity markers, we share, they're different in every other uh, respect except oppressed. That's it. That's the whole game. Always has been. Always will be. Right? The constant struggle to, to tear down and with criticality and such and revolution. Right? It's always... Whether it's class, it's economics, it's race, it's religion, whatever, it's always the same. You have a marker, I have a marker, and we're the the markers uh, you know that we that we have are completely different, but they fall under this category of oppressed because we create these constructs of oppressed and oppressors, and so we're going to make all sorts of assumptions about you. We're going to throw a bunch of. Uh, uh, labels on you as the oppressor. And this is how Israel, by the way, turned into the oppressor because they were the oppressed. That's why they all started moving to their own country. And by the way, just to bring this full circle, uh, I started talking about this, uh, I don't even know, it was like six or seven hours ago when I got on the air. No, I'm kidding. But um, 
the 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 moonbat perennial losing candidate guy uh, who came after me again on Twitter today, and he did so because I shared a video of a town in in Britain that had like this massive demonstration going through it, uh, and they, they were uh, you know in support of of Palestine and Palestinians and such, and they were really all I mean it's all Arab men and. But the point is, is that the town has now, the demographics have now changed. And like that town now, would you say that town is now colonized? Because, or, or better yet, should those people have been allowed to move there? That's not their ancestral home. They fled something, right? They were, they were refugees, remember? We saw all the stories a couple of years ago of all the refugees fleeing all of the war-torn Syria and all that. They went, they went to UK and Germany, and they were like, "Welcome, come in, come in." And and uh, people were like, "Hey, you know what? You're going to change your culture because they're coming from a different culture and whatever." No, no, you're racist. You're a bigot. Okay, well, they made this mass migration. They were accepted. Isn't that kind of what Israel did? What Jewish people did? Kind of the same thing, or is that different? It's different when Jews do it. I know. I know. do have some uh, some messages here. Let's open up the mail sack. Take a look. Oh, there we go. Hang on. All right. There we go. Um, this is from Jan Pete. As I recall, the Vance Monument, erected in part by the Jewish community of North Carolina in appreciation for Vance, protecting them from persecution during Reconstruction. I think it was you pointing that out during your tenure over in Asheville. Indeed. Did you know that? Did you know that North Carolina Governor Zebulon Vance, uh, a, a fairly portly individual, rotund in ways, uh, basically, like, uh, yeah, he, he's fat. All right. So anyway, he, um, uh, he, was, not a, uh, he was not an enthusiastic uh, supporter of secession. But once that was the agreed upon path, he was like, we're going, you know, we're going to do it. Well, after uh, he get, he eventually gets caught, uh, uh, I think it was after the war. I forget all of the details. They're kind of sketchy, you know. But he gets, uh, the Union soldiers come and they're like, we're going to take you to the train to send you up to Washington, D.C. for, you know, where we're sending all the insurrectionists and stuff. And the nearest train station is a good distance away. And him being a portly man... They thought it would be uh, quite the laugh to uh, make him walk. And so, um, you know, he's kind of, you know, waddling along the dirt road and stuff. And along comes a horse and buggy. And uh, the guy's like, hey, can I, like, this is my governor. Can I, can I give him a ride to the train station? And the Union soldiers are like, yeah, he's taking forever. He's like walking really, really slow. So, all right, fine. Like, let's go. So they, they throw him on the uh, horse and buggy, and as they're kind of going along the road, they start chatting. And, you know, Vance is very appreciative of the fact that this man is helping him, uh, you know, avoid the embarrassment of being walked through uh, the little villages and stuff along the way. And uh, and he finds out that the, uh, the buggy driver is Jewish. And after um, the Civil War is over and all of this stuff, whatever, he writes a book, a speech, actually, and then they made it into a book. But he wrote a speech, and it was called uh, Scattered Nation, I think. Scattered Nation. And it was, a, it was a defense of Jews. And he, gave, he would go around the world 
giving this speech. And every single year on the anniversary of, I think, either his birthday or his death or something, you ever hear of a department store called Stearns? Um, they were big up in the New York area. Uh, I don't think there's, I don't think they've been around for a while, but, um, it was a big box. It was like Macy's, right? Stearns was one of these stores and that family, Jewish family that owned that, uh, that department store chain, along with others, the Jewish community would go and put wreaths at the Vance monument in Asheville every year in appreciation for his help in sort of normalizing relations and helping to tamp down anti-Semitism after the Civil War. But, yes, he was the governor when the North, uh, North Carolina seceded, and so racist. And I know there were, I mean, I wish he had done the same for black people that he did for Jewish people, you know? But he did not. People are complicated. They're complex, right? Um, this is from uh, Tim. Intersectionality between leftists and Muslims. I find it very interesting that the LGBT plus plus crowd is protesting over Gaza. Do they ever wonder what the Muslims would do if they ever got total power to the LGBT crowd? No, they do not. It's, it's one of the most amazing things. Uh, that I see, I follow a couple of uh, people on Twitter who are gay, and um, the stuff that, like the, when they raise these very points, they 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 post videos of the way gay people are treated in uh, in Gaza, for example, um, and it never seems to make any uh, it never seems to make any difference. There's like a disconnect. There's a refusal because to, again, it's. The, quote, intersectionality is you're oppressed in one way, I'm oppressed in a different way, let's be oppressed together, and now we have strength. It's like a fusionist movement, if you will. Even though everything else in your religion or lack of religion or culture or whatever, like everything else may be different. You may be completely in disagreement on every other item, except you're oppressed. So the more people that they can convince are oppressed— the more people get trapped, first off, in that mindset that they're the perpetual victims, and then they see everything through that prism. But also, now you're on my side. Now you're now you're a warrior with me because you're oppressed. I'm oppressed. Let's be oppressed together against them. Them. They're the oppressor. Them. They're the bad guy. Right. So that you point out who that is, and it just so happens in some cases, well, a lot of cases, and throughout history, it's the Jews, you know, <laughs> or it's the, or, you know, it's white people, it's male, it's the patriarchy, whatever, like, that's, but it's all about the power dynamics. It's just, this is just an argument they are using to achieve power in the relationship, whatever that relationship might be. Hello, Craig, welcome to the program, how are you? Hey, love you, Sean. Hey, hey thanks, you. man. What's going on? I was just listening to your story about uh, Zebulon and uh, the Jewish gentleman. His grave, the Jewish gentleman's grave, is actually in the uh, large cemetery in Charlotte. Really? And uh, Yeah, and on the side of his grave, it's actually in a pretty prominent part of, uh, I can't remember the name of the cemetery over there off 6th Street. Um, uh, Park it, uh, Elmwood? It's a story that you just told. Um, and it also has a little Confederate flag on his grave. 
Really? I'm going to have to go look. Was it, I think it's called Elmwood, isn't it? Elmwood Cemetery? Yes, yes El- Elmwood Cemetery. So if you're at Elmwood Cemetery and you go in the main entrance and you basically walk straight towards uh, North Carolina Music Factory, mm. you go up on this hill and it sits up there and the the side of it that has the, the, the uh, Confederate flag in the story is facing the railroad tracks. Uh, you can't miss it. It's a, it's a nice monument to them, and it's a great story. So I appreciate you sharing it today. I think interesting. That, uh, that's a lot for people that are just people, right? Right. It really comes down to it. Yeah. He just yeah, and you know, and if uh, think about it, if Zebulon Vance wasn't fat, then that story never would have happened. See exactly. that? Yeah. All right, Greg. I appreciate the call, uh, man. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I did not realize he was buried. I didn't know that. I have the scattered nation or scattered peoples, scattered na- scattered nation. Yeah. I have the, the speech. I have the book. Um, I don't know if I've ever read it, though. I have a lot of books I've never read. I buy, I get books, I buy books, and then I never get around to reading them. I don't know why. Um, it's, it's one of the things I do. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, well, let me, all right. let, me, uh, let me do this before I go to the break. Because when I get when I come back from the traffic break, I've got a different story. It's a good story to tell you, and then we're going to roll into the weekend. But um, uh, I just want to uh, uh, just want to notify um, name calling, intimidation. Uh, that does not convince me of your argument. So I would just like to go on the record right now. And let you know that we have 14 hours, at least a day, of local programming. Our phone lines are open all day long. If you want your um, your own narrative or to speak your truth, quote-unquote, um, you can do what everybody else does and call the station. And in fact... You know who I'm talking to. Um, I know and you know exactly how to get on this radio station. And you have chosen instead to whip up a mob. I see you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not intimidated by you. Others might be. I'm not. So I just want to put that on the record before we go into the traffic and we do a feel-good story. But, of course, a feel-good story wouldn't be a feel-good story without the outrage from the usual quarters. All right, do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay, so what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out uh all right so i said i uh, got a feel good story for you with outrage so have you heard of the uh youtuber named monsieur beast that's actually mr beast to you mr beast that's uh, not his real name jimmy donald uh donaldson actually jimmy donaldson is his real name 
Um, but he's on the YouTube as Mr. Beast. And uh, if the name sounds familiar, it's because, well, you've probably seen a video of his or two or three. He's got like 200 million followers on YouTube. And he does charitable works. This is the guy, remember, that raised all the money for the curing the blindness. Remember that? Yeah. And then he got he got crap for that. People were attacking him for literally helping people see, curing blindness. He paid for surgeries and stuff for like a thousand people or something. I forget. He just does all these fundraisers, these good deeds for people. So his latest stunt was to give people fresh drinking water. That monster! I mean, have you ever heard of a more depraved individual? He built a hundred wells across Africa. And as uh, uh, CNN says, it's drawn a complex response. Hmm, really? Is it complex? Some Kenyan activists and journalists say that he has spotlighted the failures of the Kenyan government, while Mr. Beast anticipates he will be canceled following the reaction. The new wells will provide clean drinking water for up to 500,000 people. 500,000 people getting clean drinking water in Cameroon, Kenya, Somalia, Uganda, Zimbabwe. He's got an accompanying fundraiser to support local water aid organizations, and that has raised... More than $300,000, but that was on Monday. I haven't even checked back, so it's it's probably twice that by now. His 10-minute video shows him donating supplies to Kenyan schools as well, like new furniture, soccer balls, computers, whiteboard, dry erase boards, thank you, and projectors, building a bridge across a river to safely connect a village. The dude literally built a bridge so people could get to the local schools and the hospital, donated bicycles to a village in Zimbabwe to help the kids get to school. Prominent activist Boniface Mwangi contrasted Donaldson's actions with the, uh, those of the Kenyan government, saying that, quote, we are a shameful, horrible country, a begging nation governed by millionaires. He said every five years we give new elected members of parliament and senators a... $33,000 car grant. We give them fuel uh, every month, but we have no money to drill boreholes for our people, for the wells. Similarly, freelance journalist Ferdinand Omandi lauded Mr. Beast's efforts, but said that, quote, it's embarrassing that a YouTuber jetted into Kenya on a charity tour to perform tasks our taxes should have completed ages ago. And then there's Sarah Kaba Jones, founder and CEO of Face Africa, an organization that works to improve water infrastructure and sanitation in sub-Saharan Africa. And she says, I've been doing this for 15 years, but we've been struggling to continue the work because funding, awareness, and advocacy all take work. And then, overnight, this person comes along who happens to be a white male figure with a huge platform, and all of a sudden, he gets all the attention. It's kind of frustrating. <laughs> It is also understanding the nature of just how the world is. Oh, really? You say you've been looking for help with funding and awareness. Hey, lady, funding and awareness. It's knocking. Six packs of shiner, 99-cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that 
take a guess at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard, sing along to Redneck Mother. Any blues I had before are gone. Another working week is over. No chance of staying sober. Mr. Beast does these videos. He's built an empire potentially worth more than a billion dollars. But you know, he should really just give it all away. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight. Situation couldn't be more right. Yeah, just give it all away. This way you have no more money left and you can't do the things that you've been doing. You know, the stuff like uh, providing prosthetic limbs for 2,000 amputees or sponsoring a 1,000 people's blind, uh, 1,000 pe- blind people's uh, cataract surgeries. Just, yeah, yeah, give it all away because you're a white dude. You can't do this sort of stuff. People are ridiculous. All right, have a good weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.